A suspected pedophile killed by a teenager who claimed he was being abused. The boy's sentence, life, no parole. A sentence recently ruled unconstitutional by the U.S. Supreme Court. 22 years after Jacksonville's Mark Berrios shot and killed a Daytona Beach man, he's been given a second chance. For Action News Jax, I'm Paige Kelton, and I traveled to the Northwest Florida Reception Center to sit down with Berrios behind bars, where he hopes his own redemption inspires other abuse survivors to find the strength to speak up. What's an average day for you? Wow, yeah, very long, very boring. Um, basically sitting around, waiting for something to happen, anything, um, good or bad. Um, we don't really get much outside time here, so we're pretty much cooped up most of the time. Um, that's basically it. You know, you wake up early and go to bed early. And you're 38 now. 38 years old. I'm going to ask you to go back in time a little bit. What was 14-year-old Mark Barrios like? Um, he, he was a, he was a troubled teenager. He was, um, he was lost. I mean, he was looking for guidance. Um, got into some trouble? Got into some trouble. Uh, went into the streets. Uh, you know, wrong crowd, wrong everything, bad decisions. Um, How did you end up in Daytona? Um, I got into a fight, um, a neighborhood fight. Uh, I got arrested for it. Um, they sent me to a juvenile program down in Daytona. Um, and and I ran away? Down there. I ran away, yes, ma'am. When did you meet Olin Lee Hepler? Uh, when I ran away. I ran away uh, on an outing to the beach. We went, um, we went to the, like the boardwalk area. Uh, I ran off from the crowd, um, started raining, went to a convenience store, like overhang, and was looking for a ride back to Jacksonville and this guy happened to show up. So you at that point thought he was a great guy. guy. He had helped you out. Yes, ma'am. How did you end up back in Daytona Beach? Uh, I ended up getting arrested for running away from the program, well, turning myself in, which, same thing. and I, I, they ended up sending me to another program in Jacksonville, and, uh, and I ran again. Uh, I didn't have any place to go. If I went home, my mom was going to make me turn myself in again. So I figured it was a good idea to go down to Daytona. I called up Hepler, and he came and picked me up. When did you realize that maybe that had been a mistake? Uh, almost immediately. Uh, that night... And on, on, after we got back to Daytona, into his house, uh, I realized I was, that was a big mistake. What can you tell me? What, do you, what can you tell me about any of your time there? Horrible. Um, violent. Um, painful. No happy memories of them. Did you feel like you were held hostage there? I did. I, I felt. I felt that I. I didn't. I didn't have a place to go. I couldn't. I couldn't get away. Um, I just. 
Oh, Were you afraid of him? Absolutely. Tell me about the day he died. Um, we went swimming down in some springs near Ocala. Um, went back to his house. Um, stopped and got some alcohol first and went back to his house. And um, he had uh, he had been abusing me throughout the week I was there anyway. And um, he was going to abuse me again. And I wasn't going to let it happen. What did you do? I grabbed his gun. Did you shoot him? I did. And what did you do then? I freaked out. Uh, I ran back to the room. I didn't, I didn't actually know I had shot him. Um, I didn't even have an intention of shooting him. I just was screaming at him, don't look at me. You know, don't talk to me, don't look at me. And I don't even remember pulling the trigger. I remember him not looking at me. And then I remember the gun going off. I ran back into the bedroom and waited. Um, I, like I said, I didn't know I had hit him. I didn't know I had killed him at all. Um, you know, I waited and he didn't show up. So I came out of the bedroom and looked around the corner and I saw him bleeding from the head. And then you left? Yes, ma'am. I got my things left. Prosecutors said it was something that you had planned, that it, you had wanted to rob him, take his ATM, take his truck. Was there anything premeditated in what happened? No. Uh, the, the, no, I, I don't deny taking um, this, which, which was afterwards. Um, everything that I took was inside the truck already. I took his truck to get back to Jacksonville. I didn't take his truck for any other reason. I was in Daytona. I'm from Jacksonville. I didn't have any means or ways to get back. Um, I took his truck back to Jacksonville. I did do that. At the time of his death, court records show that he was under investigation for possible uh, predatory behavior involving minors. But none of that was allowed in court. Amen. Do you think that played the large role in your life sentence, no parole? Yes, ma'am. I think that was the main factor of me um, receiving a life sentence, even being convicted of first-degree murder. At that point, you're 15 years old, standing in front of a judge, and you hear life sentence, no parole. What was going through your mind? This can't be happening. Fast forward 23 years, and you were standing in front of a judge again for a resentencing. The prosecution offered 30 years. How did that come about, and what did that feel like? Um. The offer at the time of the hearing was 35. Um, there was an issue with my gain time uh, to where I would have to do almost day for day for my sentence. Um, and I felt 35 was, from, was too much. 12 more years in prison would kill me. Uh, we were on the way to, to having the hearing and um, I asked my lawyer, he said, you know, he's the prosecutor's not going to come any lower than 35. And he walked across the aisle and asked. And he said, look, you know, he's over there crying. You see the family and... When you walked in and you looked over and you saw your mom and your family, 
and you smiled. You, you gave them a big smile through all of this. What is it their support meant to you? I couldn't have done it without them. I really couldn't. Um, yeah, there's no way I'd have made it through this. What, what are you going to do once you get out? I mean, you've been in prison for all of your adult life. When you went in, you were a troubled teenager. What's to keep you on the right path once you get out? Uh, this. I mean, um, nobody, nobody wants to do this. Um, at least nobody in their right mind wants to do this. Um, I mean, I, I, have, I have people who supported me and who've, who've stood with me, you know, these last 23 years and are going to stand with me for the next seven. Um, you know, to, to get out there and, and, and to not do the right thing is to slap everybody in the face. And it's just, I can't do that. Who is 38-year-old Mark Berrios? Oh, <laughs> um, I think I'm still trying to find that out. Um, I, I like to think of myself as a good guy, that my situation hasn't affected me to the point to make me um, a worse person. Uh, I think I'm a better person now than I was at 15, and I think I continue to, to improve myself and make myself a better person. It seems like there were so many things that fell through the cracks with, with, with this man. Not just with him, with me. I mean, nobody... Nobody ever asked me. Nobody ever questioned me. Nobody, everybody just took my story for what it was and, and ran with it. And nobody ever stopped to say, hey, did something really happen here? You know, and, you know, those were adults. These are the people who, you know, us children rely on. And, I mean, to me it's so obvious nobody else saw it. I mean, no not even my mom. You. Not even my lawyer, nobody. No one believed you at that point, or they. It's not that nobody believed me. Nobody questioned me. I mean, I, I came with a story that said that he tried to molest me um, on that last day, and I and I shot him in self-defense. And the truth was, he had been abusing me since the day I got there, and had been, a, you know, a, it's a, it was a constant. Because it's, it's embarrassing. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's not something and I'm a 15 year old boy, and 15 year old boys don't talk about things like that. But if anybody would have came and said, listen, this doesn't sound right, what really happened? I would have told them. What would you say to someone who is suffering abuse at the hands of someone else? Talk to them. Recognize it. It's easy. It's not hard. It's really not. Pay attention. Pay attention to your children. Um, question them. I mean, you have a 47-year-old man who has a 15-year-old boy living in his house, and they're not family. Something's not right. Question them. What would you say to 14-year-old Mark Berrios, who, the Mark Berrios who kept getting into trouble, who would run away, who kind of pushed, pushed help away a little bit, what would you say to him? Go home. Mark Berrios will finally find his way home seven years from now. Prosecutors reduced his sentence from life to 30 years with time served. While in prison, he earned his GED and a trade, plumbing. When released, Berrios plans to live with his mother in Jacksonville.
Don't miss Action News Jack's Project Cold Case podcast, available to download now on iTunes. For Action News Jacks, I'm Paige Kelton.